0: Hey, husband.
1: Yes, wife?
0: What's the difference between a well-dressed man on a unicycle and a poorly dressed man on a bike? What? Attire.
1: Wow.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to Random Thoughts. I'm Wife.
1: And I'm Husband.
0: And we are here to bring you the gaming news of the day, because we have had a gaming week, Husband.
1: Well, yes. I, I wouldn't call it a week, because the lead-up to it was a mad dash to make sure that nothing was going to interfere with the weekend.
0: But we did it. We made it. And we got to PAX Unplugged.
1: Yes, we did. Uh, PAX Unplugged was this past weekend, and it was... So we mentioned this on other shows, Gen Con has been our major con for a number of years now, and at least recently, and then it was a major part of our personal lives years ago.
0: It's where we started dating. Yeah. How cheesy is that?
1: So Pax Unplugged, while big for us, is or has always been intended when we go in to be you know, let's just go have fun, let's wander the the exhibition hall, let's maybe pick up some new games, let's try this, let's try that. And invariably, Oops. the last two years, that hasn't <laughs> been how it's worked out. Um,
0: you know, what they say, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Um, so we do always intend that to be the case, but then we find new... We do find new stuff. It's yeah. just stuff that we usually find, like, right before packs. so then we obsessively have to play it, like... Last year, we had found Lightseekers right before PAX and then played it all through PAX Unplugged. This year, Transformers was released relatively right before PAX and then had to play it yes. the whole time.
1: Well, I was, I was doomed to play it no matter what. Yeah, uh, and I'm glad that the game turned out so well. Uh, for those of you out there that are new or unaware, I've been working with Scott Landis, actually, of WoW TCG and many other game fame. Uh, on a, a different podcast called Tech Talk that we host. You've probably seen our, our uh, both YouTube, Twitch, and SoundCloud channels. I guess that applies to all of them. Yep. But anyway, we're not going to dive too far into that. If you want to check out our thoughts on PAX Unplugged as it specifically relates to the Transformers TCG, definitely check out the Tech Talk episodes. You can check us out on Twitch at twitch.tv slash houseofrandom.
0: Or at our new Twitter handle, the House o Random yep. is our new Twitter.
1: But don't worry about it if uh, you're listening to this in the car or whatever. We'll put it in the show notes so you can reference it later. Yeah. Bottom line is, is we do have uh, some other shows that we're doing about these other games. And speaking of other games, we typically focus on the WoW TCG. But as wife and I have been saying, those aren't the only games we play. So no. we actually wanted to take some time and talk about Lightseekers.
0: Yeah, so um, this quick background history for us is we got into Lightseekers a few years ago and we've been trying to play it as much as possible because it's it's fun to have a live game. Yep. Right? I don't know about you, husband, but it's really exciting when you actually get to see people that have are in the process of creating the game. Um, yep.
1: It is fun to act, because the Lightseekers team at PlayFusion, they also produce Warhammer Age of Sigmar Champions, or Warhammer Champions Age of Sigmar. I don't know how the subtitles work on that game. But they also produce that game, and for both of them, they produce them digitally, which is actually really cool. So, as Wife said, we've been playing Lightseekers for a while. We played in Nationals at... Gen Con this year, and Pax Unplugged was kind of the, the send-off for the existing format. Yes, uh, I'm actually going to be speaking with Matt from Delivery Crab, who runs the Need More Buffs podcast in the very near future, uh, about Lightseekers as well, since I guess technically
0: I won the event? Yeah, I mean, kind of.
1: We decided, so, <laughs> spoiler alert, uh, we, I was 5-0 after Swiss. There was 20-something people there. Yeah,
0: 22,
1: I think. Somewhere around there. And then we all decided to split when we hit top four because, uh, well, again, spoiler alert, I was playing Granite. It was going to be three other aggro decks, I think. Yeah. Uh, I had spent four out of the five previous rounds smashing aggro decks. Uh, Everybody kind of just said, let's just split it and we'll call it a day.
0: Yeah, so, um, husband split. I was, uh, one of those aggro decks that was having a bad time. And, of course, um, true to form, husband, uh, beat me with granite, um, because we always get paired against each other. And, unfortunately, this time it didn't go my way.
1: Yeah, well, the matchup, to be fair, we... So Wife was telling everyone at the event that I played Granite strictly for the purpose of beating her Zuna. You did. Which is not even remotely true. Uh-huh. But I do earnestly believe that Zuna is one of, if not the best deck in the format right now. I agree. I uh, think
0: Zuna's super strong.
1: So you can... The, here's the thing. So Lightseekers people will understand this right away. For people who don't play Lightseekers, uh, it's an action-based economy, meaning each turn you get two actions you can use those to play cards, activate abilities, or if you skip them during your turn, at the end of your turn, you draw cards. You don't draw naturally. Yeah. So, Zuna happens to be one of the premier aggro decks. The reason why I say that it is one of the best is that it can refill its own hand with its hero power, and it also can run 18 deal six cards, Mm -hmm. which is, or excuse me, run nine deal six cards, sorry, I'm. Yeah, I'm thinking of a different game so the math but basically you get to run Fumbling Alchemist, you get to run Looper, and now you get to run Scrapworks Bruiser.
0: Yeah. It's um it's pretty fun to just be able to be like boom eighteen.
1: So where the the eighteen comes in is because I was trying, you know yeah. six times three for three sets. Yes. Previously most decks were had to set something up, in other words you had to put a card into play, such as Colossi Ritual Site, had to live a turn, and then you could, you know, blast your opponent's face off. Yeah. This basically allows you to go, okay, turn one, take 12. Turn two, take another 12. Yeah. And when you start at, you know, somewhere in the realm of 30 health, taking 24 across the first two turns is crippling.
0: It really is. And (laughs) Zuna also has a lot of ways of getting around any type of damage reduction. Um, Well,
1: Crazed Bomber is such an impressive buff removal that, in most cases, you don't have to worry about it.
0: Yeah, so you get around, you get around buff buff removal. You get buff removal. You get around um, so many different ways that they can avoid your damage. That it's really nice. Now the other issue though is those decks that just have enough damage reduction that you just you get overwhelmed. And then they just live forever. And then they draw their whole hand and play it all at once. Oh, hey, Granite, how you doing? Well,
1: Granite only plays one card. It just happens to do 17.
0: I mean, Like, it's not
1: that big. So, (laughs) Granite, because... So, okay, we're going to cover a number of topics for Lightseekers because it kind of is the end of an era with this game. It really is. So, I decided to play Granite because we really did believe, okay, Zuna and... Dolo's still around, even though he got sort of nerfed.
0: Kind of. I mean, he's still one of the top strong.
1: four. So the, our our top four was Granite, Dolo, Zuna, Zuna. I think.
0: Yeah. I, think I don't so. remember
1: what the fourth one was. I know it was another aggro deck. But the bottom line is that there were, and there were a number of other aggro decks in the tournament. Whether they were Zuna, whether it was Tempest, whether it was other Dolo, whatever. It doesn't matter. Point mm. is, is that they were decks that were trying to end the game quickly. And, well, Granite smashes all of those. I basically took a tweaked version of Jaeger Noon. Shout out to Jaeger Noon in the UK. Uh, He's been playing Granite since last year and smashing everyone in his way because Dolo was the, in a vacuum, I guess, the best deck. Yeah. So, therefore, if everyone plays Dolo, you play almost full entire deck of anti-aggro and then just go, okay, well, you can't do anything. Yeah. Now, he did, in a recent event, Jaeger Noon happened to lose to Agro in the Grand Finals.
0: I mean, it can happen.
1: It's doable. Um, it's just kind of unlikely.
0: It's Yeah, it's unlikely, and it's tough. I think the, the way that it's going to happen is because this game doesn't have a mulligan, if Granite gets a mediocre hand and Zuna gets the nuts draw it's really hard to, like, it's still a matchup. It can still happen. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, you're playing aggro, so if your opponent ever trips and stumbles at any point and you just do your thing...
0: You can run over their face.
1: Exactly. Now, in his case, I his was tweaked because Reefy was still a thing. So that event was pre-Reefy changes. So for those of you not aware, uh Lone Shark Reefy was recently eroded both in the app and in real life. Yeah. Uh, we might as well get that elephant out of the room. Uh, I posted on the Light Seekers Facebook group and other places. I'm glad. One of the things that makes me happy about the upcoming rotation, we're going to talk about that a lot, is that they're aligning the online play with the physical play.
0: Yeah, so which is really nice.
1: Dolo is nerfed in both. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things are banned in, th- in one and not the other, like they're eroded in the app, but banned in real life. and yeah.
0: and it makes testing so hard, and it, like, makes deciding what you're gonna play when you have three decks that you're going between for an event really difficult, because even, like, one or two cards makes a huge difference in this game.
1: So point being is that among the other positives about this rotation is that things are going to be aligned, and overall that's a net positive for the game because it definitely makes his wife was saying testing for events confusing testing or just playing in general confusing it it just makes it more difficult yeah
0: and we had a player um this week at pax who was relatively new to the game and didn't realize that some of the cards don't actually do what the cards say they do
1: yeah and now that's an issue with an issue with errata in general so yes that is inherently a problem because people may not be aware. But it's complicated yeah. by the fact that, oh, well, this is a really cool game. I'll play it in the app. And, oh, I love this game. Oh, there's a physical event. Let me go. I'm going to buy a bunch of cards. And then it turns out, hey, your cards are either banned or literally don't do what you've been playing for months with. Yeah. Or and... cards that you weren't aware of that are now smashing you don't do what you thought they did in the app. Yeah. It just makes things... Uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, it makes it uncomfortable. It makes it a little messy, and I really like that this will make it nice and clean cut.
1: So, before we dive too far into that, let's finish up about the event. So, like I said, you were, as we said before, you were playing aggro Zuna. I was playing Granite. I ended up smashing a bunch of aggro decks, with the exception of round one. I naturally played the Granite Mirror. Yeah, which was as thrilling as it sounds. So, I was very fortunate because my opponent had the exact Jaeger Noon list that he had done so well with recently, and there were a few sideboard cards that were that really crippled me in Game 2.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He didn't see them in time in Game 3, and be, uh, Game 1, I just had the nuts. I, I think I hit all three Ancient Miners within the first few turns, and I was able to Crystal Leech all of his. <laughs> so basically, I <sighs> emptied my deck when he still had like 20 cards left.
0: Yeah, so what's that you always say? Better lucky than good?
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and I will fully admit that entire matchup I was lucky, but then from there on out I played other aggro decks, uh, and that is Granite's Wheelhouse. Yeah. So you're because I was running what effectively was a retrograde Granite, or uh Jaeger version of Granite, where I was leaning a little heavier into tech, I didn't have the uh, water splash that he had just because I do not own Storm Shells. It ended up working out in my favor, and there was... I guess I correctly predicted what would be there, Mm -hmm. meta-wise, because it seems like a lot of people agreed that. I
0: think you did. I I think meta-wise, like, it's really right now, and this is something that we'll talk about a little bit later with the rotation, we knew what was coming, because it's what we saw Pretty much with one major exception at um, Gen Con, at Nationals. And I think the meta has been a little stagnant
1: now, recently. Now, given that we play a lot of dead card games... This is true. It's, it's weird saying that there is a stagnant or stale meta. Because obviously, when it's a dead card game, you're not getting new cards and not a lot changes. But for this game, due to the way Awakening was originally designed, and then as subsequent sets have been released, and obviously the design philosophy has changed, the cards that are in a ra- Awakening, Wave 1 for Lightseekers, were exponentially more powerful yeah, than were. further sets. Now, there, there were clearly some powerful cards in other ones, and we're going to get to some of that in a little while, because I am really excited about some of these cards that are finally going to get some I'm time totally in the excited. spotlight. But, let's face it, if you're playing Mountain, why are you not playing Dolo or Granite? Yeah. Right now. If you're playing Nature, why are you not playing Triano?
0: Yeah, there's... If you're
1: playing so Tech, much, why um... are you not playing one of the aggro versions? Yeah. You know, like, I would love to play Ribrocks, but at the end of the day, yes, it's a different deck from Zuna, so it's a different playstyle, but the bottom line is that the Zuna deck or Tempest is just better. Yeah. And if you're playing Astral, you know, you were previously, because of Sunbeacon, you had all those Flying Fortress builds, but even now you have... Calic and you have Cassini and like there are all these decks that they are the de facto faction leaders essentially if you're playing Dread why would you play anything but Sicardio
0: yeah they're and they're like that's like you said there isn't much else happening right now and those are the leaders they're the strongest ones and that's what we're gonna see the most
1: and it's I don't have a problem with that inherently. There's always going to be a Tier no, 1. No, and
0: I'm totally okay with that. I just think it would be, it's nice that there's going to be a little bit of a change-up.
1: Yes. Because I'm these,
0: excited for a change-up. Yeah,
1: these specific decks... And it's funny because the, the advanced format is supposed to artificially enforce... So the, the advanced format was used at Nationals. It's because you're required to use different factions, it's trying to force that diversity. You must play different things. But, for example, you basically played the same deck across three factions. You had your Zuna build, which was leaning heavily on neutrals, on a line. You had your Ushi, Ushi, which which was heavily
0: heavily on unaligned. And then I had Cassini, which I barely got to play all weekend. Which was not really heavily on like People just knew that it was super strong. And they were like, you know, Cassini's going away. I'm like... But I love Cassini. But the, I love my flying fortresses that don't really work anymore.
1: Well, I mean, they do, but yes, I get what you're saying. The, the issue is that whether you're playing basic or advanced constructed, personally, I prefer basic constructed because as sideboards, it's best two of three against the same matchup. Yes. So if your opponent does something weird in game one, you can try to adapt in games two and three. Yeah. Uh, the issue is that given the card pool that currently exists, those are the options. And I feel in either one, a lot of the matchups are are very lopsided. I agree. So, like, it's... Granite is super lopsided into beating aggro, but I'm not sure... Like, Sicario has a decent matchup against it, and I'm not sure there's much Granite can do about it.
0: Yeah, it's... And this is just how we were describing it amongst ourselves, and it's a little bit more complicated, but right now it's really rock, paper,
1: scissors. And it, but, and, and for those of you who play card games for a while will say, oh, well, yes, that always happens. And yes, it does. Eventually it's deck A beats B and B beats C and C beats A. Rock, paper, scissors. But the degree, it's different. There's a big difference between a 45-55 matchup that's determined by skill or maybe one or two a couple factors or whatever. And then a 90-10 matchup yeah. where it's, okay, well, unless they draw horrifically multiple games in a row, I'm going to flatten them or yeah. vice versa.
0: Yeah, and so I agree with you. I personally prefer um, regular constructed with having a sideboard because also, you know, it... <laughs> It's a way to change your deck just enough well, that it alleviates it's a almost lot of like you're playing... Yeah, it alleviates that. And then, okay, I wasn't prepared for for what you brought me, and I lose because I wasn't pre- prepared. As opposed to, I knew you were probably going to do that, but I can't sideboard in Advanced Constructed, so... Well, I
1: personally intense. think Advanced even leans into that even further because it's, okay, I'm not prepared... I just straight up lose, and I have no chance. I didn't even know what you were doing. And by the time I figured it out, which, okay, yes, you can make the argument, play better, be a better player, but other people are also good at the game. You have to be able to respect your opponent. And if they show up with something wacky, you know, the first time somebody sat down against Reefy, they probably had no idea what was happening. But maybe they would have been able to play around it Depending on what their deck was, if they were aware and there was a 2 of 3. Yeah. When you do it in advance and it's just, okay, well, they go up one zero, and you don't have any idea what's going on until well after the fact, well, that feels really bad. But, without belaboring the point about advance, because we've talked about it before, let's talk about more positive things. So... While the event in question, the one at PAX, it was the only tournament that weekend. Yeah. We did get to meet up with a lot of people that we haven't seen in a while, basically since Gen Con, so that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, and we were all swapping ideas. And basically everyone we talked to was very excited about rotation.
0: Yeah. I, I've seen some disquiet, I guess, online about people worried about the rotation. To be
1: fair, it's online. Everybody's and always upset about something. This is true. <laughs>
0: that this is that's pretty much what I was gonna say. Is yes, okay. That's okay, it could potentially be a an issue, but I'm really excited to get some new blood to kinda change up what we're doing and I think it's gonna be fun to re explore the game and explore what's going to work coming up and I have a bunch of decks that I want to try. So
1: here's the here's the funny thing, is that the rotation basically launches almost an entirely new game.
0: It really does.
1: So I'm w- so excited. Well, we have an idea, because we, we'll have two sets that we're already familiar with, and then Uprising coming in, and then the Rift Packs by this time have already released. Yeah. But the reason I say that it's basically a brand new game, yes, the rules are the same, the formats are the same, that sort of thing, but... All of the other rules, so unofficial rules. So, for example, what a given action gives you or how many cards you could reasonably draw within a faction. So, Ancient Miners, they got the axe. Yeah. Abyss Weavers have gotten the axe. A bunch of the Deal Sixes from your Zuna deck have now gotten the axe. So, it now resets the power level to something where, okay... These are the new rules, and nobody knows what they are yet, yeah, so we're gonna talk about a bunch of ideas that we have and impressions we've gotten from trying stuff already, but this is all prefaced with while we're super excited, we have no idea what's an yeah. uprising, and
0: we don't know what's an uprising, and honestly, even just testing things in the app with some of the newer with some of the newer decks is hard to say what we're gonna see because you know. All right, I'm doing really well with Fairpang, we'll say, for a little bit. But then I'm playing a bunch of things that we know are super strong like Granite and Dolo and just kind of shuts it down before I even get a chance to really test. So, I'm excited to see what new stuff is coming out and what new blood we can come up with and I'm just I'm really excited to start brewing with this game. So, I just like real quick I have never really been much of a deck builder. I usually get handed decks for most things we play. In this particular game, I really like building decks. I never thought I would be a person that likes building decks. I really am right now.
1: Yeah, and this is... So one of the things to keep in mind as we're going through this is a single card in Uprising could completely change the face of the game. And that's a... It's something I've learned from other games. It's oh, well, spoiler season's around. We already know, which we don't right now, but say we were neck deep in spoiler season and we already know 90% of the set. Well, that still doesn't mean that the other 10% doesn't contain something that either completely generates a new archetype or has a hate card that completely kills an archetype or or completely shifts the power balance between existing ones. A single card can do that.
0: It really can. You know,
1: it were certain things, certain themes. So, right now, I have a hard time, for example, constructing viable tech buff based decks. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I there there really aren't very many good tech remo- buff removals. Yeah, it's like okay, yes, you get crazy bomber. That's great. Except, oh yeah, you're trying to play a buff based deck, so now you can make it work say, Crumbling Towers or uh, Gear Crank Catapults or all this other weird stuff. But the issue is that now you have to go through all these extra hoops, whereas other decks can just go, I'll just play Shadow Puppet. Yeah. And be done with it. That being said, if in that 10%, all of a sudden there's a decent tech buff removal, Mm -hmm. hey, all of a sudden that's a thing now. And that completely upsets... The balance as we were as we thought of it, yeah. And when I say upset the balance, it's not oh this thing is overpowered. It's just it changes the levels, and you have to consider these other things. Yeah. So, so you had mentioned Farapang Wife. What's give me a different deck? We'll come back to Farapang. All right.
0: Yeah, because well, Farapang is is your I know you're most excited about it. I'm really kind of excited. I don't know how it's gonna work. I really don't, but I am currently kind of excited for any of the insectoid heroes. Um, so, like, that, I, I, mean I did actually, not expect
1: you. So we didn't, didn't really either. talk about notes beforehand, but I did not expect you to ever say you would be excited about playing bugs. I didn't. in any game. I didn't. Or anything. So
0: I really didn't think so either. But um, I'm curious. I think. Of the two, probably the Hive Queen is the strongest.
1: So, remind us what um, the Hive Queen does.
0: So, uh, your all your insect cards are increased by one damage if your opponent has seven or more cards in their hand. So, I think this is one of those things, I'm coming back to it and thinking of it in, like, granite terms, where granite always has a huge hand, but I feel like... There's always going to be decks that are going to play themselves by having a huge hand. There's so going there's to be at least
1: one because that's yeah. so. If we assume there's going to be an aggro deck or multiple aggro decks, we're, we have to assume there's going to be some amount of control decks mm-hmm. and then some sort of mid range. So aggro is going to be your zunas.
0: Yeah.
1: Your controls would be your will like combo. So the way I look at it for light seekers, and maybe this is wrong, but Aggro, I think, is heavy, obviously, attack cards. Mm-hmm. Whereas your control decks are using combos as finishers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're going to include a lot of defends. They're going to have some some buffs. And then attacks will probably be your buff removals. But your combos are your primary finisher. Yeah. Um, maybe you chip your opponent down with other stuff, but then your combos try and close it out. Whereas then you'd have your buff-based things... Where it would be since abyss tentacle is still around, uh, there's something say magrock, yeah. which is a deck we're going to talk about. But
0: yeah, so so what
1: else are you excited about for them?
0: Um, I don't. I've just so I've played against it a couple of times, and it seems like it's super close. Um, it is a lot of buffs. Um, it's pretty buff heavy, but. I think it's a fun, it's a fun thing to play, and I kind of like this idea of like, and we'll talk about it a little bit too with Farrah Pang. I like the, I like these new themes. So the like I like themes. yeah. So I like the insectoids. I like the beasts. I think it's gonna be. F- I'm coming to at this as like a WoW TCG player. I'm like it's fun to have you know a theme and go yeah. with it, and I really
1: really a theme like that themes. is beyond. I'm playing the best cards.
0: Yeah. A theme beyond I'm playing the best of a certain color. This yeah. is like I'm playing I'm playing the bug deck. I'm playing the puppy deck, which is I don't care if the beasts aren't all puppies in my head, they're all gonna be puppies. Oh,
1: okay, wife. Now um, to be honest, I actually like insectoids Hive Queen Axie Oxy? I don't have a to say uh, her name. Whatever. The Hive yeah. Queen. I kinda like her just because I have a personal soft spot for Spectral Mantics. Yeah. Um which is X-2-2, two two, and it has an innate restart whenever mm-hmm. you heal. So now instead of doing four with each cycle, if you let it tick all the way, it's now doing six, which is much more threatening. Yeah. And it's also going to disrupt how your opponent plays. So there is the potential that there's something there. And of course, like you said, we're going to get more supplementary cards to the different families.
0: Yeah. So I
1: actually um... like the other hero, though, for bugs. The Hype King? Yeah, so yeah. at the start of your turn if you took six or more damage from a single hit since your last turn, you can just put an insectoid buff from your hand into play. So you're getting, air quotes, three actions a turn if you I, get hit for yeah. six.
0: So, I guess I should have put it put this on there. I have a feeling I will be switching in between those two heroes a bunch in, like, the initial really playing it, because... Oh, yeah. I couldn't decide which one I liked better.
1: The other I ones... liked
0: Oxy, but that was... Like, I liked the Queen, because it was the idea that... My Queen has
1: much cooler artwork, too. Yeah, well, like the one, she has cooler artwork.
0: That was, that was part of it. But also, I liked the idea of playing against something like Granite that always has a huge hand and being like, that's mm. gonna mess you up.
1: Well, you won't have to worry about Granite moving this forward. But true. like we said, there will be something. I like the the Hive King, and it, it kind of does fit. One's anti-control, one's anti-aggro. Yeah. So I guess you have the two options. The third one, Hive Bark, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess if a mill deck is a thing. But yeah,
0: that one seemed meh.
1: Which, yes, mill decks are a thing. They do exist, and Greedy Gemrof is still gonna be around. But... I guess we'll have to see on that one. Yeah. So let me take a stab at one, unless you had other stuff to add on Bugs, Wife.
0: That was pretty much it for Bugs. I have like seven more decks that I've been designing in my head, but that's it for Bugs.
1: So one of the things that I'm excited about, I actually played at one of the recent Delivery Crab events from a few weeks ago, and that's Exile, or Xyle. Xyle,
0: yeah. You think it's Xyle? I think it's Xyle. I
1: feel like it's supposed to be Exile, just because it's like right there. No,
0: I want to say Xyle though. Well, yes, it it, how it's more probably fun.
1: well, Xyle is probably how it's literally pronounced because yeah. It, so the hero name hero name spelling is X I L E. Yes, but I I keep calling him Exile just because it's like it's right there. It feels like it's supposed to be like I, it. I think it,
0: this is because... a hidden pun. Yeah, maybe.
1: Anyway, so that his hero
0: sound like a hip hop artist. Kind of, with
1: the... No. No? No. Maybe? No. All
0: right, anyway. No. This
1: isn't the 90s. Anyway. It's always the 90s. Every, the 90s, everything just got extra X's at it for no if reason. It really did. So anyway, he is double superior. So he, it's poison and death with normal shadow. 29 health, but his ability is draw a card, which seems kind of innocuous.
0: No. Basically
1: so- every. Well, let me finish, wife. I know you're excited. Let's I am
0: be... excited because he was on my list, too.
1: So I think every faction now has a hero that has draw card as one yeah. of their powers. But he is one of the few, in general, that have double superiority. But here's the thing. So I was playing it, and again, this is pre-rotation, but I was playing it basically as an alternate Sicario. So mm-hmm. you get all your usual stuff, but with an undead heavy leaning because Raising the Dead is Yeah. Raising the Dead is almost, or maybe, it's arguably... It's at least on tier, but arguably better than uh, Reality Rift. Now, Reality Rift will get you any three of anything, while this forces you into Undead, and yes, there are limited Undead options. But, you get four directly into play. Yeah. So... Yes, I can see the arguments where Reality Rift is better. But one of the things I was doing was kind of building my own dolo. So Mm -hmm. basically I play Abyss Hoarder, and now my hero powers draw two. Which is pretty good.
0: Seems pretty good.
1: And believe it or not, the undead buffs, when you plop four of them directly into play, aren't bad. So one of the advantages of them is... Some of them have innate healing, yeah. some of them have innate damage reduction. You get a whole slew of different things, and it actually didn't work bad. Now, granted, it was carried by the power of Abyss Weaver and Abyss Tentacle. Let's put that out there. Yeah. But Abyss Warder is undead, Bone Reaper, Spectral Widow are undead. You know, you you have some decent things, and they're going to get better. Over time, like it, just like we talked about before, the families are going to have more cards supplementing them. Yeah, and I feel that there, there have to be more coming down the pipe. And right. I really do feel that despite uh Talia having the directly undead inner or direct her inter- undead buff interaction with her hero power, Xyle or Exile is the better option. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unfortunate that. Raising the dead is death shadow instead of death poison because a lot of the good or better uh, undead buffs are poison right now. Like spectral widow is really good. Yeah. Pestle inspector isn't fantastic, but if you hit the undead version of breach the veil, which is going the way of the dodo, also.
0: Unfortunately.
1: You you can do some unfair things. So with for example, it lets you draw. Three cards a turn with your hero power. It's let me let me okay. just repeat that. Soul Whale increase damage, healing, and draw effects by undead cards by two.
0: That's ridiculous. So excuse ridiculous. me,
1: it's three cards off of Abyss Hoarder, not counting your hero power.
0: Yeah, so four. That's fine.
1: It seems. Okay.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I think that sounds excellent because then my high queen choice is justified. Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there.
1: But it does, Soul Whale definitely feels like the fixed Breach the Veil. Yeah. Um, And I get that with a lot of these. And you can see that through the different families that there are analogs to other Awakening cards that clearly are going to be... uh. They're, they're going to be the focal points going forward. So Undead, I think, has potential in all seriousness. And I think... They, so they get two specific combos that are both really strong. So I think regardless of what hero you choose, they're going to be a thing. It's just going to be, again, a matter of what additional support they get going forward. One of my favorite cards from playing was Umbron Necrolord because you get to basically be Sicario for three turns. Because, again, you... If I told you there was a buff that lasted for... It had four corners, but only three of them gave you something. For those three corners, you got three actions a turn. You would play that, right?
0: Yeah. Three actions is kind of fantastic.
1: So that's what it lets you do. As long as you can keep feeding him undead buffs, okay. Just plop them right up. And one side tangent that I've mentioned in a few places, I'm actually really excited, speaking of Undead, to try Zelana Bloodroot, because she is the dread nature dual hero. Mm -hmm. Reckless Spirit, the nature buff removal, is an Undead card. So Sacrificial Pit is XX1, and on the, the one you return that many Undead cards to your hand, and then you reset it by playing Umbron cards. So you could theoretically have sort of infinite Reckless Spirits, which seems like it could be good.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: It might be okay. I'm not sure. I, I mean, Probably. Again, it's going to be a matter of, okay, well that's cool and all, but what else do you do? Uh, and are there worthwhile enough Umbron cards to play in that deck? But mm-hmm. we'll have to see. Yeah. So give me another idea you got, wife.
0: Well, since we're still talking on like this general branch... Mm-hmm. um. I'm not sure how good this deck is going to be. I'm going to put that full caveat out there. But I'm kind of excited to at least try Lord Blightvale. So he does uh, two damage for every three plus poison buffs. Just because I'm really liking the new Kindred poison buffs. Well, um, I gonna... am
1: two, but not with him. I have an, yeah. a different hero in mind.
0: I mean, that's that's fair. I was... I've, this is going back to my weakness. His artwork's really cool. Yeah. Um, And I'm, I'm a sucker for for cool artwork.
1: I don't know what the hell he's riding, though. I don't
0: know either, and I don't even care, because he just looks badass. It
1: looks like he's riding. You're going to have a bad day. Yeah. Uh, I actually like the poison buff specifically with Grimus, so Spectral Web is also going to ride off into the sunset. Yeah. What, what would you say if I told you your hero gets Spectral Web? Right. Just like inherently. That's true. I mean, it's not really it uh, close enough. But it's, it is close enough. And it's, again, the power level is going to take a humongous step back across a lot of decks. So I'm very curious to see how that works out because turning all of your opponent's multiple buff removals into only a yeah. Reckless Spirit. Is seems like it could be really... Sh- and a lot of the Poison buffs are at the point of being threatening enough that...
0: I, like, Putrid Infestation to me seems... Like, yeah, it's kind of the base one, but it seems pretty strong. Um, I'm also really excited for the Vile, vile Breath crable, Um Just because the artwork on that makes me giggle. But adding all those together, plus the poise Mercenary at the end...
1: So, I'm not sure about Poison Mercenary, but I
0: I feel like that could be a good like extra screw you condition.
1: Well, the the issue with that is because it, if I recall correctly, you have to actually use an ability on it to get the the power. Yeah, it's an attack ability, so, so
0: it does have. So a, it will. Yeah,
1: you have to expose it for a turn, but yeah, yeah. it is a finisher. Yeah. So you know. So you,
0: if it's and I I honestly. I thought about that, but I'm hoping that nobody deals with it, even though they probably will.
1: Well, it actually, in Blight Veil, would be a little bit better, because it it's a non-rotating, so it adds to that count, so you can make sure you hit it. Yeah. Whereas it's going to be bad in grimous because he also affects you. Yeah. Uh, So you actually can't remove more than one buff, so okay. it's going to power it down. Um but in any case I do think that there are options there which is yeah.
0: so that but that was pretty much my my plan for that deck was doing Lord blight Bale plus the poise mercenary which is why I didn't choose grimace yeah um, just because okay I'm playing I'm literally just doing nothing but playing poison and then I take it all away
1: so segueing from dread it's still half dread yeah uh, Magrock he is one of the mythic heroes He's actually Mountain Dread. So there's your, your short segue. I've been trying him also as a, a sidestep sicaria. Okay. So, again, he, he's Superior Shadow and then Basic Earth and Poison. Heal for two whenever you deal damage if you have 10 or less health. Can't be increased by effects. But since Abyss Tentacle's hanging around... You can still use abilities and then trigger a bunch of them and effectively never die. Yeah. Now you're losing, obviously, a number of things. Among them, you're losing Ancient Minor, which is a big deal. So one of the reasons why I was looking at him as a sidestep to Sicario is, oh, well, I can play Ancient Minor and have a, a more stable draw engine. Um, and then also just to try something different. But I'm very curious to see how all of the dual heroes work out because I have ideas for just about all of them. Yeah.
0: Um, and he is one I was gonna start writing down like possible deck ideas and I was like, you know what, husband's gonna take over that one because I knew that that was gonna be on your list.
1: So what other ones you got for us?
0: (laughs) Um, I really, I miss playing Astral. I kind of really miss playing Astral so I wanna try Deskard Lucera. Um, or really just playing Astral again. Um, there's enough astral cards are surviving through that I think she has a chance. So she does, her power is she does two damage if there's no buffs and there's enough non-buff astral out there that I think it's it's a possible possibility.
1: It's possible. It's tough to I give can. up some of the things now. Yeah. Cassini is getting the axe, so I guess this is your more aggressive hero option and astral so I'm very curious to see how that does shape up um, I don't know about her to be perfectly honest now yeah. the, here's the thing flying fortress is also getting rotated and that's the first buff that comes to mind someone says give me an astral buff I'm going to say flying well, fortress yeah now that that's gone, a lot of things are going to have to change.
0: Yeah, and like, but the Chim chooser is still there. The Sunstrider is still there. Um, Astral Priest is still there. So I, I just feel, I like the idea of being able to boost the things that I just played, and I don't know, I, I'm really curious to see. I think this could potentially be a. I don't want to say full throttle aggro deck, but I think it's probably a mid rangey aggro. Well,
1: I'm curious what the the draw engine in the deck will be. Uh, yeah. Speaking of astral draw engines, though, not to break your train of thought, but one of the decks I've been excited about, and I've mentioned this and played it online a lot, uh, I mentioned this to people at PAX is uh, the Dread Astral Dual Hero Asavak. Yeah. So it's the Spider Lady. Uh. The reason why I was excited by her is she actually sports gravity as one of her orders, or uh, excuse me, one of her elements. So, But she's also superior in solar and depth. So again, a, another dual superior healer, the healer, hero. Here's the thing. I'm not a huge fan of her ability. I mean, yes, it's a thing if you have to do it. But the big thing for me with her is you can basically play Sun Sunhunter Tuktu Tuktu, however you pronounce it?
0: I've heard both, so, so I play, like Tuktu.
1: So I played Sun Hunter at Nationals, and it's the reset deck. You're using Econo Archaeologists, you're using Gravity Meddlers and stuff to reset buffs and play. You can do the same sort of thing here since you naturally have the gravity in order to trigger the Archaeologists whenever you draw them. Mm-hmm. So what are you resetting? Oh, well, all the usual Solar Suspects. But in this case, you can reset Bone Reapers, which, okay, it's not... Better than inherently better than the options given to you by Sun Hunter, but it's another way to take it. Yeah. So it's just an old. It, it, the point being is that we're just throwing ideas at the wall, and again, we don't know what's an uprising. Maybe it turns out there's going to be a bunch of death buffs that you want to reset, and guess what? Here's your option. Right. So that's one of my astral options. Obviously, I definitely want to continue looking into Sun Hunter post rotation. I guess since we're talking about Astro, we might as well bring up Farapang at this yes. point. Yes, yes. So tell us about Farapang. All
0: right. So Farapang's puppy. Let's let's start there. Um, so you can't have items, but I always forget to play items anyway. So, but his ability is he takes one damage to draw one card face up. If it's a beast, gain one additional action, and um, this can't be increased by effects. That's so good. So- extra actions in this game are ridiculous, eh? Well, of course. And puppies. Hmm. And I'm like, I really, like I said with the insectoids, I'm really excited for themes.
1: I'm I'm chomping at the bit for themes. Here's the play. Uh, Farapang is, as you'd imagine, superior in animals, has lunar, and has soul. So you you cross off a bunch of the things on my checklist for mythical heroes that you want... Innate buff removal. You don't want three elements that don't have buff removal. So here you get Reckless Spirit. Yeah. You want some sort of card draw, and you probably and you definitely want to have damage mitigation, whether that's healing, damage reduction, or both. That's where Farpine kind of falls down. But you do get this play, Ashwood Nurturer, heal two, search your deck for a beast, put it into your hand. You happen to go get Moonlight Burrower. You play Moonlight Burrower, because now Ashwood Nurturer's in the discard pile. You get an additional action. You get to look at the top four cards of your deck and put one into your hand. You say, oh, well, my top card is a beast. So I'll put this other card in my hand. I will, since I got my action back, activate Ferret Pang, reveal the beast, put that into my hand. Oh, I have another action. Let me do something else. And it's just... Okay, that sequence of plays feels like it has to be ridiculous. Like that—that's too much tutoring and too much filtering and too many actions to not end up being good.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're gonna run into the "is it going to work out the way I want it to work out" thing, but I really think when that does, when it triggers appropriately, I think that's gonna be insane.
1: Well, that's and
0: it. I'm really excited to see it.
1: I'm very curious, again, we're waiting on to see what other families... Because you could do that cool play, and then you follow it up with Vicious Scale Fang. It's like...
0: Eh, yeah,
1: I don't know about this. So it's... I'm very excited to see what else comes down the pipeline. A lot of the dual heroes right now are restricted. Because the the quantity of playable cards is just... You haven't hit a critical mass. So you have okay well I definitely want to play this guy I definitely want to play that guy and then it it's kind of like a chasm after that mm-hmm. and then way on the other side of that gigantic canyon is everything else and it's like I, I guess I'll play them I don't really want to but you have no other choices yeah um
0: I'm um I mean fair fairpang I think is probably gonna be the strongest beast deck but I'm kind of Curious to see if I can get Ashento to work.
1: Okay, so shout out to uh, Scott of Superior Seekers. He was the first person I saw running this. I okay. ran into him online. He's Ezekiel. Uh, but I also saw this at the PAX Unplugged event. So here's the sequence of plays. Ashento is if you play two beast cards in a turn, you can rotate one of your beast buffs. Yeah. Or, or rotate one, a Rotate buff.
0: Any, any buff, any action buff. So
1: here's... Here's what he was doing, and again, this is pre-rotation, so we'll we'll have to wait and see if this actually becomes a thing. But, he would play Draga Scorcher. Hey, that's a beast. Yeah. Then he would play Flame Burrower, which is, because I'm confident very few people out there know what this card does. It's a fire attack card. Burn, 2 damage. If you played... Other fire action cards this turn, move them to your hand. <laughs> so here's the thing. Dragas Scorcher comes into play. You play the Burrower. Before it goes off, you trigger a Shento's ability, tag them for six. Then you get to deal two more with the Burrower and bounce the Scorcher to your hand. He had done this to me online when he had managed to stick a Storm Shaman the turn before. So he goes, <laughs> oh my gosh tag you for 10 tag you for 6 all basic actions no combos and then next turn I'll get to play the scorcher the uh yeah the drug scorcher again yeah which is incredible card economy because now okay yes you didn't draw a card that turn but you essentially drew yeah. a drug scorcher
0: yeah you essentially got back one of your stronger cards I real I'm I'm excited for it. I'm not gonna lie. I want to see that one work too. Um, plus, I I love storm. Um, I I love anything that's gonna be blue. So, I really want to try to get that to work. On that note, I think. I want to kind of look out for, like, Marani Windshear, because I think that's going to be a possible reaction to I have no idea what hero beasts. that does. Basically, it's a reaction to beasts. So if your opponent has a bunch of beasts, that's one that triggers.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. There are a, a number of anti-tribal cards mm-hmm. that show up, that being one of them. They, they're definitely good, and obviously good in the matchups. Well, they're only good in the matchups where they matter. Yeah, But, I don't know... That's a hero? Yeah. I don't know if it's worth running... I mean, if beasts are running amok, yes. But, I don't know if giving up your hero power is worth blowing out one matchup. This is true. Now, and... the, the sideboard ones where it's pop a buff if it's a certain type and then do some extra effects. Yes, those I get. Assuming you have access to them. Like, there's a there's a Dread card that uh, offs Beast buffs mm-hmm. and does some other stuff. But beyond that, I, I don't know. It, it might be a little much.
0: Yeah, I think it probably is a little much, but I think it might be something interesting to work out for if these, like, anti-Tribal decks become a thing. Because tri- if Tribal becomes a major thing. I don't know. I was messing around with it. I don't know if it'll actually work, but it is... Interesting.
1: Yeah, we'll have to see. So, moving from there, the, as I said, I don't want to go through literally every mythical hero because no. we could go on and on and on we, and on. And we
0: will. But
1: there are some, for example, Nemi the Venomous feels close pre rotation, maybe is definitely something to look at post rotation. Bloom and Scorch happens to be a uh, dual superiority hero, mm-hmm. so naturally I feel there's something there. Captain Blacktail is another dual superiority hero. And also happens to gain access to Thunderslug, which is kind of a good card, I've heard. I mean,
0: it might be. It might I, be okay. You know, it just like shuts your opponent down for two turns. It's fine.
1: It seems okay.
0: You know, whatever.
1: Thundervine certainly has the potential to be a decent aggro deck. I'm certainly... I'm waiting for another tech superior... Or, excuse me, mechanical superior dual hero aside from carnage uh just to explore some additional options i do really like true stone but right now the again the quantity of reasonably playable fire cards yes there are a bunch of fire cards that are good but generally they're focused towards aggro Mm -hmm. and beyond that again the drop off is humongous so it's a matter of Yes, I could play these, but I'm gonna feel bad playing them the whole time. I have to go through so much extra effort to make them useful compared to what other cards can do, where they're just they're good right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, and the synergy doesn't seem to quite be there for it, but I do really like True Stone anyway. So we'll have to see. So, what, anything else on your list, wife, that you want to talk about?
0: Those were the majors. Um... Yeah, those were pretty much the majors. The other ones that I chose are pretty much I chose because of the artwork, and they were like possibly viable. But mm-hmm. those were the major cards and decks that I'm really excited to try. Like I said, I'm really excited to see Tribal come out, um, and I'm excited to give that a chance. What we're saying is give the tribes a chance.
1: Well, I have. It's funny because the they're called families but some of them are not so okay the beast family the chimchu family the insectoid family those those make sense even yeah. though it's not it, you know family feels a little weird to call it that but there are some and the reason I'm call I have a reason for calling attention to it such as <coughs> excuse me location it's not really a family i mean a family of places that's weird that doesn't make any sense that's
0: now now i'm like terrified of thinking of more sentient places that joined together. Well,
1: but here's the thing. So the reason I bring it up is there are actually two heroes that I'm really excited about and I almost played in in place of Granite. The issue was is that I was losing a bunch of games and testing that if I was playing Granite, I would have won them. Yes. So I said, okay, well, for now, until rotation, these are going to have to go on the shelf. And that's Etta of the Depths and Howlock the Founder. The reason why I like those two, and there are other options also, uh, that you could run. Etta turns all of your location buffs into four damage cards. So it's like, oh, Enchanted Soil ran out. Ran out. Take four. Oh, Mountain Fort's about to run out. Take four. Yes. So here's here's what I'm thinking. Edda could potentially become the new Granite where it's a control deck because it uses all of these location-based buffs with very little actual damage action cards. hmm Tries to slow down the game and stay alive, and then just here and there, poke you for four, poke you for four, poke you for four. Oh, you're in the the mid to low teens. Okay, now I'll start playing combos and finish you. Yeah. So I think there might be something there, or you could potentially play with the more aggressive location buffs if there there aren't a whole lot of options. But Colossi Ritual Site is one. Yeah. And then you can do the same sort of thing where it's, okay, well, I'll pop you with these things. Oh, and then, by the way, fling this at you for four. Where, on the other hand, I just like howlock because you can search your deck before the game starts. And I'm not sure how the timing on this works. I meant to ask before the show. But I don't know if you get to see your opponent's hero before you trigger his power.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you reveal the heroes, or do you have to, like, have it ready to go before you reveal heroes, but you get to search your deck for a location card, and you start the game with it in your hand. So you don't get an extra card, but you are guaranteed every game to have Mountain Fort, every game to have Enchanted Soil, or every game have... Pick a location. And you get to start the game with it. Which seems like it has to be really powerful, because you could run a bunch of tutor targets. So if you... If you get to see your opponent's hero, which again, I apologize listeners that I didn't check this beforehand, but say, oh, you're playing top tier aggro deck. I'll go get my Singleton Enchanted Soil and play it on turn one. And then start out without having to be in the hole because, you know, you're just tagging me early on. Or, oh, you're playing insert control deck or insert buff deck. Oh, well, I'll get this other thing. So that I make sure that I have it.
0: Yeah, it's it would be a good response and it's so it's nice to have a quick response to yeah. whatever you're playing against. Well
1: it's not even just that it's quick, it's also guaranteed. Yeah. So you can run sort of a toolboxy thing, toolboxy list, and then you know, just fill in the blank with whatever you happen to need for that particular matchup and it, it it's something that I think is cool because then it rewards someone who puts in the effort. Okay, well, I know that you're playing this hero. These are the options for your order. This is these are the popular decks so that okay, I have a pretty good feeling that you're going to be this. Okay, I'm going to therefore go do that. And then it allows a better player to get an advantage right off the bat.
0: Yeah. I um, I I think that's definitely that is definitely a U deck. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. That is such a U deck. Well,
1: it also... So even aside from the, the whole better player thing, because I don't want to sound... Since you just said that. Well, I don't no, want to make it sound I like I'm... It, no,
0: I don't mean it like that. you, you husband has always <laughs> been big into research. And this this is something that works with research.
1: But it, here's the other piece. It also, at least for the Howl lock player, makes every game different and you yeah. have important decisions to make literally from turn zero yeah you have no one's taken a turn yet and you're already making major decisions about how the game's going to play out yeah and, and i think that's really cool
0: yeah and also another thing that's very you is trying to have slightly different gameplay and interaction every time as opposed to these are the cards that i want to have first
1: go So one thing that I do hope we see in Uprising Mm
0: -hmm.
1: is a Creeble, Tribal, like Tribal Cares card. So you have, uh, like I said, Sacrificial Pit, which not only recurs undead cards, but when you play Umbron cards, resets. Or you have, obviously, all the beast things that we talked about. Or you have, you know, certain things that care about Chimchus or Locations or Robots and Machines, which is also another deck we didn't talk about But I'm really excited about a number of different robots and machine based builds. But Kreeble is a family, and they have nothing to support them. They... They, Like, there are a bunch of Kreeble cards, but nothing that actually cares if you play a Kreeble card.
0: I mean, it would be fun to have a Kreeble... Darn it, why do you gotta make me like the Kreebles?
1: Well, that's the thing, is like, they feel like such a great family, it, like, that would be a funny deck to play.
0: It really would. I
1: a I think it could them... be
0: funny and then also ridiculous, but I definitely think it would be a funny
1: deck to play. Well, the thing is, is a lot of them, especially going forward, um, post and well, even before rotation, a lot of them are your sideboard silver bullet card. so you got Kreeble Jester. Monks. You got Creeble Decoy for anti-aggro. You got Creeble Monk for anti-abilities. You got Creeble Nurse, which is intended to be, you know, it's a big heal. Uh, You have Creeble Potion Master, which reduces their healing. You have Creeble Infiltrator. If they have a lot of cards, you have Creeble Saboteur that it bypasses damage. So it's always, they're doing, maybe not always, because obviously there's Frenzy Creeble, there's Vile Breath Creeble, Creeble Raid Party a lot of them are geared towards interfering and messing with what your opponent's plans are. Yeah. I kind of just want to shuffle all of them up. Right? I want a,
0: a deck of chaos. That's, that's or, pretty much what that would here's be. here's
1: what I want. I want a Creeble hero that's neutral. That its hero power is it can use... And this may be busted. So this is like literally me coming up with this on the spot. I think I mentioned to somebody at the Delivery grab event. But anyway... I want a Creeble hero that you can use your unaligned Creebles to pay for any combo. Like, they can just go in the slots for the elements. And I think that would actually be really funny. It may be busted, but maybe you're required to have so many Creebles, like a certain threshold of Creebles in your deck. It could be. Because uh, they already have cards that mess with the number of cards in your deck. So how many combos what your deck size is going to be because of those combos, things like that. I am mm. um, I would love to see that as a thing.
0: I think it would be funny. Um, I don't know. For some reason, the Creebles always remind me of the bad guys in Goonies. I don't know why. They just do. I guess. I, I don't know. Sure. Um, but they're a fun... They're a fun family, and the artwork on those is always some of my favorite artwork in the game. Oh, yeah.
1: There are a lot of cards that did not get time in the limelight that I'm very excited about seeing going forward, or the potential for seeing them going forward. Mm -hmm. So, for example, Maniacal Machine was a card that I really loved, that I really wanted to be a thing, but I could never quite get it to work. Maybe now there's going to be a chance uh Colossi Cannon is another one because as I mentioned before I really wanted to play Ribrox. It's unfortunate that we're not really going to see that Time Chamber deck that I really wanted. Yeah. Uh but maybe maybe it'll maybe it'll come back down the line. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see.
0: But um I don't know. I think that covers most of what I'm super excited for. For Oh, that
1: only scratches the surface for me. Oh, like, I could go on for hours. Okay.
0: <laughs> it covers what I'm super-duper excited for. I'm super excited for a lot of things, but I really think this rotation is going to be very healthy for the game. I think it's going to add a lot of fun new mechanics, and I'm really excited to see what comes out in the next set.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean... I had mentioned it at PAX and to a few people before that, that I I almost wish the rotation had happened with Kindred. Yeah. Now, I understand why, because then the format would be really, really small for a while. Mm -hmm. Because we're only talking two sets, but we only played two sets at Nationals. This is true. Now, granted, Awakening was a very large set. It was the very first set. Uh, I think it may have been worth doing it sooner uh, because there are so many fun and really interesting cards that have currently been, as we said at the beginning, overshadowed by a number of things in Awakening that it's just, yeah, that's cool, but you could just do this instead. Yeah, And let's face it, if you're, if you're playing at the at a competitive level, even at a local level, People are always incentivized. people like to win. Nobody yeah. likes to lose. So well, I'm sure there's somebody out there like it. But, it. but anyway, point being is that most people are they want to win, and it's not that they want to be super cutthroat. it's just it's more fun to win than to lose. Yeah. So you're going to naturally gravitate better.: Yeah, you're naturally going to gravitate to the better decks, and there's nothing wrong with that. but that's where Playfusion has to step in as they have to try and make that playing field a little bit more steady.
0: Yeah, so I'm really excited for it. Husband's really excited for it. Um, We'll probably keep talking about it as we start getting spoilers for the next set. Oh, absolutely. As we start um, seeing what else we have coming down the line.
1: Yep, so like I said earlier, I'm going to be speaking with Matt from Delivery Crab on Need More Buffs very soon about the PAX Unplugged event. So if you want to hear me ramble more about my thoughts on that, we'll, well, tune in to Need More Buffs. But... If you want to hear more Lightseekers content from Wife and I, then definitely let us know either in the comments for this. Uh, All of our contact information will be in the show notes. Hit us up on Twitter, via email, via Facebook, whatever is your contact or social media preference of choice. And let us know what you'd like to hear about because we do like talking about Lightseekers and we definitely are, as we said, really excited to get back into it. Uh, We did take a break from all games for a while after Gen Con, not just Lightseekers. Yeah. Just because it was a...
0: Well, we took a, a break from all TCGs, and then we, were, we started to look at some of our old board games and things that we had bought that we never got a chance to play.
1: Well, yeah, so <laughs> you're right. So we was taking a, a break from, I guess, more competitive stuff and shifting gears to other things.
0: Yeah, there's so, never yeah. much of a break from actual gaming.
1: But... So yeah, we definitely want to, we enjoy talking to each other about Lightseekers, and if we're going to do that, we might as well record it and let other people listen to us ramble. Yeah. If people want if to hear want it. If you want to
0: hear it, we'll nerd out no matter what. But just let us know what you want to hear. But for now, I'm wife.
1: And I'm husband.
0: Join us next time for more Random Thoughts. For all other things Random Thoughts, please join us on our website, randomthoughts.wordpress.com, or on Facebook or Twitter, both at TheHouseOrandom.